Welcome to Season 3 of The Edge Conversations, a podcast series produced by the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland, a collection of personal and inspiring stories fueling IMB's pursuit of cutting-edge research. Professor Ian Henderson's esteemed globetrotting career is one fueled by curiosity. Sparked in a Dublin classroom, his love of science, research and the people who work in it spills over into everything he does. Ian has his sights firmly set on guiding the Institute into an exciting future. Thanks for joining us today, Ian. Thanks, Jean. It's great to join you. Now, right off the bat, we want to get down to, you know, what's at the core of Ian Henderson. So what are three interesting facts that people might not know about you? Right. So three things. First is that I've only ever lived in places beginning with the letter B. Um, Another one is perhaps that uh, um, on my 26th birthday, I got to console Kiefer Sutherland and his breakup with Julia Roberts. (laughs) And um, uh, when I was at university, I used to park Richard Nixon, President Richard Nixon's car regularly. Right. Well, I don't think we can go past any of that. (laughs) So let's start from the top. The B thing is quite interesting. Would you like to give us a rundown? Sure. So I grew up in, and this is all by chance, not by plan. I grew up in a suburb of Dublin and Ireland called Black Rock. And um, after uni, I got a job working for a pharmaceutical company. Uh, uh, the Welcome Trust in uh, Welcome Foundation in uh, Beckenham and Kent. But after that, I ended up as a postdoc in Baltimore in the United States. Um, and my first faculty position in the university was back as a lecturer in Belfast, Queens and Belfast. And I jumped from Queens and Belfast to the University of Birmingham, which, as you might guess, is in Birmingham. And um, from Birmingham, I jumped all the way down to Brisbane. So there you go, letter B. Okay, so that's the B, the first, our first point of interest. Um, Kiefer Sutherland? You know, that's just one of those bizarre things. We're out celebrating with friends and we sat down, uh, we were in a bar, and next thing Kiefer Sutherland comes in and sits down at the table beside us. And so we were just chatting away and drinking and, um, you know, uh, ended up going to a nightclub with them, which was kind of bizarre. There you go. And I guess the big one is parking Richard Nixon's car. How on earth did that ever come about? So that, again, one of those things just by chance, you know, and I, I ended up getting a job parking, valet parking cars at a, Valentino's restaurant in uh, New Jersey, northern New Jersey. Um, and it happened to be the restaurant that Richard and his wife, Pat, came to have dinner in every Tuesday night. And so every Tuesday, Pat and Richard would show up with their two burly and surly Secret Service guys uh, for dinner. And they'd throw me the keys. I'd park their car and I'd you know, when they were done, I'd bring the car around and give them back the keys. <laughs> and this is obviously post-Watergate. Um, we're, we're not that old, Ian, yet, are no. we? Um, <laughs> did you talk to him? Was he friendly? You know, you know they, they were consummately friendly in that sort of public persona that you get with, with, with people of, the, uh, you know, in, in, in that uh, 
political sphere. They, they, Pat was absolutely lovely. Richard w- was um, uh, very pleasant and um, uh, getting on a little bit at that stage. But, you know, uh, they were both very nice. They didn't tip. They were very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump back now to uh, your formative years in Dublin. What was school like for you? And where did your curiosity for science begin? That's a really good question. Um, finished high school at the age of 16. And, um, you know, I got uh, a place at university, but decided that 16 was probably a little too early. And I actually went back and uh, to another school, a pre-uni school. Through that process, I had an absolutely amazing uh, biology teacher. And she just brought the, the, the world of biology and science alive in a way that uh, I hadn't experienced uh, through my previous education. All it takes is that one teacher, isn't it, just Absolutely. to plant the seed of curiosity? I'd, I'd always had a, an interest in history as well as uh, the, the science. And, you know, if you grow up in Ireland, you have to learn about the Irish potato famine, right? It's, it's prerequisite. You're probably born with the history book in your hand. Um, and, and of course, then in biology, what you have to learn is uh, the life cycle of the organism that caused the uh, potato famine, a little organism called Phytophthora infestans. Now, it, it fascinated me that such a tiny little organism could have such a huge impact on a on a society and that that impact would have such uh, global consequences. You know, 1840 population of Ireland was about 9 million people. The population of England was about 9 million people. And fast forward 100 years later, the population of Ireland is about 3 million people and the population of England is about 30 million people. And that's all as a direct consequence of this little bug invading the potato and killing off the potato. And of course, not only do you have that population decline in Ireland as a result, but it created the Irish diaspora, the million people that emigrated to America, changing the face of America forever. And of course, creating the country of Australia by sending all those people who, who stole bread to feed the family on penal ships to the, the colonies, right, to the penal colonies. And so it always fascinated me about how such a tiny little thing could have such an, a, a huge impact on society, immediate and long-lasting. So it definitely has had a very big influence on shaping your career path. Yeah. So let's jump forward just a little bit. So how did you and fellow researchers end up developing vampire theory? I went to teach in Vietnam. And when I was in Vietnam, um, I was, you know, this, this teaching course was organised by the British Council. And uh, my friend who was running it had asked me to teach on diarrheogenic pathogens, pathogens cause diarrhoea. But about a week before he show, uh, we went out, he called me up and he said, actually, the, the workshop is going to be on uh, HIV. So could you change your lectures to, to represent that? And I went, oh, OK, I, I better uh, brush up on the, the association between things like E. coli and salmonella and HIV. And when I did that, 
I came across research that I hadn't known about from the 1980s, where they demonstrated or showed that if you had salmonella appearing in your bloodstream, if you were a young adult and had salmonella appearing in your bloodstream, you rocked up into a hospital in New York in the mid 80s, because you know, normal, healthy young people, that doesn't happen, then you were probably HIV positive. And they never knew why. And so we started to, to, to work, uh, try and work out why that would happen with HIV positive individuals. And so we discovered this phenomenon, we call it the Goldilocks effect. For antibody, you can have too little and that's bad, right? Because it doesn't protect you against infection. Most of us have just about the right amount and that's good because that protects us against infection. That's what vaccines do. But for some people, they get too much antibody and that's what, uh, you know, that's also bad. And so what we found was with these patients that they were getting too much antibody. And so the vampire therapy, where does that come from? Well, we found that this phenomenon, this Goldilocks effect wasn't just targeted to HIV positive patients. It could happen in other people as well, just apparently normal people. And um, we started studying people with a disease called bronchiectasis. Now, many people would recognize uh, that disease as uh, the local term cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis is a genetic um, defect that gives rise to the disease bronchiectasis. But adults get the, the you know, uh, bronchiectasis as well without having cystic fibrosis. And we were working with those adults and we found that some of them produced lots of these bad antibodies. Okay, And, the, and as a result, bacteria were growing in the lungs and they were becoming very, very ill. And they couldn't be treated with the arsenal of antibiotic medicines that, you know, you have at hand when you are a, a, a doctor. No, and that was the point, right? These guys had bacteria that were growing in their lungs that were totally resistant to all the clinically used antibiotics. And so there was no treatment options left for them. You know, and so the guy who I was working with was a bit of a maverick and he said, what can we do for these people? And I said, Tony, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to get rid of these antibodies. And he said, let's just take them all out. And I said, what, we can do that? And he said, yeah, we'll use a process called plasmapheresis. So you take out all the blood, you essentially wash it to remove the antibodies and you put the blood back in. So we call that the vampire therapy, where you just suck out all the blood and then you put it back in again. Obviously, the vampire therapy project was an incredible success of collaboration. Was it that environment that the Institute seems to have that drew you to the position at IMB in the first place? Uh, absolutely, Dean. Absolutely. So, so uh, IMB you know, uh, is renowned for probably three things. Um, its ability to translate its research into meaning for society. It's collaborative environment of bringing people of disparate, like, you know, um, viewpoints and disciplines together to solve problems. And it's standing globally as a place of excellence, you know, to do research. 
And look, you know, when you know, we'd come off the back of the vampire therapy, you know, uh, and and you get this incredible, you know, rush of of just good feeling when you've been able to do something, translate something into the clinic that as a result, you know, people are, you know, are affected benefit from, you know, the two patients that we treated in, in the vampire therapy had been in hospital for a year and five days later, they walk out of hospital after we treat them. So that's an incredible feeling. And that's kind of one of the reasons of coming to, to uh, IMB was that the, the capacity to be able to move the research along so that it would have meaning to society. And is that the role that you see the Institute playing in the health and well-being of people everywhere? Because we're not just talking about Australia, we're talking about the outcomes that the Institute is able to generate have incredible global implications. Absolutely. You know, I think our Institute is really unique and it's it's, it's fairly unique globally. It's, um, and the reason being is we bring people together with different viewpoints to try and solve uh, some of the world's problems. And the individuals that are here, they have this innate capacity to see things that other people have looked at, but to see them differently, you know. Um, and and the, the great examples, of course, are, are, are uh, who, who would look at the, the Sydney funnel web spider and go, do you know what? I could create the world's first bee-friendly pesticide from the venom in the Sydney funnel web spider. Or who would look at the Australian violet and go, you know, oh, I could take the world's first eco-friendly pesticide or look at the, 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 the Fraser Island funnel web spider and go, you know what, there's a potential new stroke drug in there. And that's what this institute does. It brings together people who, who that capacity look differently, but also have different approaches that come together to actually move the science forward so that it actually can have meaning to society. That's what this institute is full of, people who are curious individuals and maintain that curiousness from when they were kids through into adulthood, and they're just applying it now. Well, Ian Henderson, I would like to thank you very much for your time today. It has been incredibly informative but entertaining at the same time. Thank you. Thanks, Ian. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Edge Conversations. For more information on the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland, visit their website, imb.uq.edu.au.